Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Lady Chow Fung, and we're going to be talking about a movie called Holy Flame of the Martial World. This is a 1983 Shaw Brothers film directed by Tony Liu, and it uh, stars Philip Kwok, Jason Paipiao, uh, Lian Lau, and Max Mock. Uh, the movie opens with the clans of the martial world tracking down the, uh, a husband and wife uh, who are killed in a great confrontation between the uh, the chief villains of the movie, Monster Yu and uh, Chief Jing Yin of Erme sect, and uh, and sort of the uh, the the heroic master, uh, the Phantom, or in some versions of the Mew movie, uh, Yu Ming Elder. Uh, the Phantom defeats them with his ghostly laugh and vows to raise uh, the couple's son to defeat Monster Yu and Chief Jing Yin in 18 years. Uh, but after he leaves, uh, Chief Jing Yin finds the couple's baby girl sort of, you know, lost in the, the rubble of the battle and raises her as a member of her own sect. Uh, both sides prepare for a coming confrontation by trying to acquire and master the holy flame of the martial world. Uh, you know, it's soon revealed that there's more to the holy flame of the martial world than revealed meets the eye. And the movie f basically follows the, uh, the children of the, of the dead couple as they face uh, vampiric cults, evil kung fu masters, and builds to a kind of final confrontation with Master Yu and Chief Jing Yin. Um, so that was my rough recap. But I don't know, I, 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 I can't remember if you had seen this before or not, but I was curious what your reaction to the movie was. This was my first time seeing it. I watched it twice this week. Uh -huh. this, um, this is my first viewing of it, and I thought it was a fun little film. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the um, the martial arts aspect of it, and I liked the, the plot of the story um, and the twist that it had and the turns that it made. And um, I think for me personally, it was just a little bit too much magic in it. I think a lot of people, I think that, I think it's that way for a lot of people. It's a, cause it's, it definitely is a very, I mean, usually when I see reviews of it or see people talk about it, they, they'll, they'll label it like Kung Fu fantasy or martial arts fantasy or, you know, like uh, wuxia with just, you know, all kinds of gonzo stuff in it. Um, so I definitely think that's a, um, if, 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 if a person is more a fan of something that's a little more grounded, this is definitely, I think, not, not the film for them. Um, uh, it's definitely a quirky movie too. Uh, it's very quirky it's, and I enjoyed the quirkiness of it. Um, it was great to have something fun to watch and not so serious. It's yeah, it's definitely lighter. This is actually, I mean, I have to admit, this is one of my favorite movies, but it's one of my favorite movies that I realize is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. So <laughs> whenever I mention it to people, I look, I love this movie, but you know, you got to know this about it. You got to know this about like it's and and even the first time I saw it, I think I was actively deciding, am I going to like this movie or not? Like there were there were things you know, because 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 there 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 was a moment you know, like like about a tenth of the way through the movie where it's like, this is totally for me. Um, but it was so odd. I don't think I'd ever seen anything visually that I, I mean, I, this uses a lot of reverse crank, which kind of makes it speed up and look sort of, right. you know, it looks, it looks unusual, but I've seen plenty of movies do that, but this film does it. It doesn't even, it, it, there's no pretense that it's not doing it. It's, it's just, yeah, we, you know, the, the reverse crank is on and things are sped up and it's, uh, and they, and they don't just use it for, for plain fighting. They use it for all kinds of things. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a very over the top sort of, uh, sort of film. And you had mentioned the fighting and I, I guess we should mention Philip Kwok, I think had done the, um, action directing in this. Um, it was one of the two. Was he? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yuen Tak is the other guy apparently. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I in fact when I was watching it this time because you 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 get so uh, drawn to the the chaotic over the top elements of the movie that it can be easy to overlook how good the action choreography is in the film, and 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 it really is got it's got some really great fight scenes and just great action scenes in general, um, and in some ways the aesthetic of the reverse that might actually. On the one hand, I think that looks great, but on the other hand, 
it does sort of diminish like the you know you you, you it it you, you don't necessarily realize how good the the martial arts or the kung the, the the fight sequences are because it's all in reverse crank and it looks so sped up sometimes um but uh but yeah so i don't know um what uh what were there any characters in this that stood out to you or actors i like i like them all except for the villains of course but um, what is it with Candy Wen Herb and her playing a guy? I don't know. I keep going back to that, but this is the second movie that I've watched with her playing oh, a guy. Was what was the other one? Guys, um, in um, Sword Stained with Royal Blood, she starts out playing a guy, but then reveals herself to be a girl. At okay. the end, in this one, she never reveals herself to be a girl, so I wasn't quite sure if her character was supposed to be a boy. And they, um, I, I was wondering what because they never reveal anything. I think she was supposed to be a boy in this. I, I like, but she had makeup on, didn't she? Like, right. I could have sworn she had makeup. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm almost positive. Was she in Swordsman and the Enchantress as well? Because I think in that she played Little Lord. Who was um, who? I don't. I don't know if they were. Let me go get my DVD cover of that one because I think you're right. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, she was. Um, I mean, Swordsman and the Enchantress is a movie I've I've talked about a lot, and uh, it's based on the Eleventh Son, and I'm pretty sure she played a character named Little Lord, who in the book I know it starts out looking like a. Everybody thinks it's like a, a an effeminate man or uh, or or something like that, and it turns out yes. to be a girl, and. Is she, was it her? Yes, I believe it is her. Okay, so she might have just had a knack for that. Like I, they do tend to sort of put people into these boxes in these movies, so maybe that was her thing. Um, I know I've seen her. I've seen her. I, I'm trying to think of what else she's in. I mean, she's a very familiar face when you see her, but she right. definitely had makeup on. So, yes. so that kind of confuses me in a little, in some way. That was she really supposed to be a boy? But a girly boy, or was she supposed to be a girl playing a boy, trying to confuse everybody else? I don't know because at one point she even expressed romantic interest in the main female character too, if I recall. Um, it was it was very subtle, but like it, like they definitely there was a there was like a couple of lines of dialogue where she was kind of sounded like she was courting her, but maybe she was just doing it as a joke. It, I don't know. It was a little unclear to me, but. Right. Um, but I, I'm not. I'm not sure what the, uh, you know, what the, um, you know, what she was supposed to be in this because they never really resolved it. To I, I guess we have to assume unless there's source material it's drawn from that contradicts, you know, like what what we see on screen that she's supposed right. to be a guy the whole way through. Um, but that makeup, that kind of makes me wonder. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't know. That's in. That, that's um. Because I was. I I've wondered that every time I've seen this movie, and I've never really been able to resolve it. What What was your conclusion? Did you Did you reach any conclusion on it? I concluded that she was supposed to be a boy, and I I think because it was the the hair was different than everyone else's. It was the short kind of bobby kind of hair. Mm-hmm. Where, um, the wig was a short, like chin length bob, but not, but wasn't pulled up like any of the other guys' hair. But it wasn't ornate or adorned like any of the females' hair. So it made me more lean towards she was supposed to be a boy, just a plain straight boy. Okay, yeah, I, I think I I would I think I would agree with that. Um... But I thought she—I thought she was good in the role. Um, actually, my favorite, uh, my favorite character in this is the the Lian Lao character, the uh, the chief of of Erme sect. I thought uh, I just think she carries the movie for me for some reason because she's so she's just so ferocious and 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 vindictive. Um, but but also interesting, like her and the the friendship that her character has with Monster Yu 
is is interesting to me. It's dynamic because to me, they're kind of like frenemies in a way. They're friends, but kind of enemies because they're both after the same thing. But I really think that they probably would have killed each other in order to get it. Yeah, that. Yeah. So they don't have a very strong friendship alliance. But then you kind of think they're practicing this kung fu together to um, combat the the phantom's ghostly laughter. And for me, I was. I don't know if it was just me seeing into it, but a little romantic thing that was trying to be played there. No, I think that was, I think, I think a lot was going on with that. And that was, um, I don't think it was just you. I think number one, I think there is like a romantic thing between them, but I think there's also, they're also using it for humor because obviously like that scene, like they shoot it, like you think, oh, is it, wait, what's going on here? Cause they're practicing that unusual Kung Fu together. And right. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe no, okay, they're just they're in separate basins, and okay, uh, so it was visually kind of humorous, but I also felt like, well, I think her her character, their whole like her whole sex thing is like, you know, they're supposed to be chased, you know, they're right. not supposed they're to like involved, and they're not supposed to, you know, date anyone. They actually hunt one of them, one of their own down after she seems to be, have been married and had children to bring her back. So it's just like. Okay, you tell your disciples that they're not supposed to be involved in men, but then you have this kind of weird relationship with the um, other, another male leader from another clan. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and I, th I think that's what that was. I think I think it was kind of like her, the closest that she would get to being in a romantic relationship with the man because of the rules of her sect. Um, but I also found her interesting because she's so evil, but she abides by these principles. Like she, she, like the the sect has very clear rules, and she and she seems to follow them for the most part, even right. if she's getting up to the line with her relationship with Monster U. Um, but she doesn't. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can say with their evil kung fu that somehow technically crosses the line. I don't know, but I I, I don't touch in their kung fu. They they touch at some point but then when the girls are fighting um the male lead and he comes close no not the male lead but monster use um protege when they're fighting him and he comes close to physically touching him, them with their hands they get offended yeah because touching is sometimes a big deal with these kinds of sex so i you know um so i mean she i guess they do kind of you know, she does kind of get up to that line, but I still feel like she's a, a character who has these these principles that she abides by that are, you know, tied to her sect. Um, but virtually any... And, and it's a sect that you knew, usually associate with being fairly righteous in these movies. Um, and, and and yet she's so... She's so diabolical. In, right. And in, in what she... In, uh, you know, it, 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 I don't know. I, I just find, I find her character interesting. I find Monster U, Jason Pipeo is I, I think is just great in that role. He's a he, he he he's like a big kid with with tremendous kung fu ability and is just enjoying every minute of it. Um, I and, can see that too, and and you could see the expression on his face in some scenes that he's like playing up for a laugh, like he's kind of got the smirk going on. In a couple of the scenes, it's just like, <laughs> you know, this is going to be funny or this is going to be good. Yeah, he's got, there's like a, I don't know, I just found, I found him a very enjoyable character to watch on the screen. And, um, and also the, even the, um, who was it that played the Shaolin Abbot? Um, I can't remember who it was, but I mean, he's a, he's a, he's in a bunch of movies. I mean, and I think he's played like a million Shaolin Abbots, but he always uh, does. Yeah, yeah, he's always in that kind of role. He's got like the eyebrows for it or something. Mm -hmm. But um but the he perfect shaped round head. <laughs> yeah. But but he was uh I, I thought he was kind of enjoyable because he he was sort of a I don't know, he was like he was kinda of like a cowardly guy that was pretending to be like that put up a good front of being really brave and and you know, there was that whole scene where they all were trying to confront uh the um uh, the 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 chief Jing Yin character, and and they're just walking around her in circle until the, you know they just 
and they, they won't ever dare to actually attack her because yeah they're, nobody they're too... wants to fight her but <laughs> so they're trying to egg each other on i thought that the other clan leaders their bit in the movie was quite funny from the moment they came in and were trying to um to get the creed for the holy flame to you know their towards the end of the film i thought that everything that they did was kind of hysterical the yeah, way that we're trying to act. Yeah, because at the beginning of the movie, they're they they they're kind of chasing the heroic couple who have the children, and I, I think they had like the secret location of the holy flame or or some secret technique manual related to it, and that that's they're trying to track them down for that, and they're that you know they're all saying why they should be given the secret of the holy flame, and. Uh, and and they sort of are trying to one up each other. So one clan is like, oh well, we donated this many tails to uh to to, right. to, to, to the needy. Oh no, well we did double that, and then they just keep raising the the amount. And then I think eventually um, the the Lian Lao character is just like, okay, that's enough. You guys are not at all heroic. Don't you're even pretend. Or you're not donating that yeah. kind of money. Yeah, yeah, you guys are all poor, and your students are starving. That's what she said. <laughs> and so and then they, um. I like that they answered a lot of their um, a lot of their dialogue was in unison. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it was it was all very I don't know it all felt very kind of um, I don't know what the word is orchestrated, uh, right? It, 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 and and it, and it had a rhythm to it. So it was one of those kinds of exchanges where like one person steps up and says something, and the other person steps up and says something, and it just it just all kind of uh, it just had a beat and a rhythm. Um, and I mean, speaking of music, I think the music in this is is something that needs to be addressed because the music, in my opinion, I mean, usually I'm the I'm the sort of person if a movie has good music that really raises my estimation of it up a lot. Right. Music can really carry a scene for me and just make me get like in the mindset of I'm really eager to see what happens here or wow, that's a real dramatic moment. The music in this in my opinion, is pretty terrible. Um, not the traditional music that they keep playing. Like there's a, there's a bunch of traditional things that they are occasionally playing, but mm-hmm. the, there, there was some synth synthesized music that sounded like a 1982 Pac-Man machine. It, it, <laughs> and, and it, and it just is very dated, but even if it wasn't dated, it just doesn't, it just didn't do anything for me right. and, and actively deterred from the, uh, from the film. So for me, this is one of those rare movies where the music, uh, you know, where I sort of overlook the bad music because I like the movie so much. Um, and I guess it kind of does add to the quirkiness of it as well. Um, but it very much, it just is like, a, it, it's a very early 80s arcade synth kind of a sound. Um, and and I think the whole movie has an early, like you can you can definitely tell when you're watching it that this movie was made in the early eighties. Um, it just has that, everything has that look to it. Um, Especially the special effects and the things that they were able to do um, with the, especially with the Holy flame sword and the one had the, the one monster called it a diamond in it. And then it like shoots out and it kind of, I don't know, reminded me of a disco ball. Yeah, no, there was a, there's a, yeah, yeah, it's, it's got that, that, I call it the residual disco vibe of the early 80s, where you still have that, like, disco aesthetic. I think that's spot on, because it's, it's colorful. The movie is very colorful. I love the, sort of, the blues and the reds and the, the metallic glittery colors and all that stuff, uh, and I, I think disco is kind of <laughs> the right word, uh, for what you're seeing on the screen, uh, I, to me, when I like the 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 two holy flame swords, because there's a yin sword and a yang sword in the movie, um, those those reminded me of the colors of those and like the they they almost they weren't like metal they looked almost like gemstone or something, but they reminded me of like the toys I had as a kid in the early eighties. Yes, um, it's that yeah, it's like that kind of like like the plastic molding that was slightly transparent uh-huh. and uh, but had that like red tone to it and that blue tone to it. Um, and, and the letters, like the, there was that scene where he's being attacked by the letters. Uh Uh-huh. And the, 
and the when he first enters the cave and his feet hit the um these two golden poles and they sink into the ground and then these words light up on the floor or the ground and I don't know I just had another disco moment there <laughs> yeah definitely yeah that that whole scene I like that scene a lot but it definitely had that that um that vibe to it um and then there was the vampiric cult too um with the uh fucking clan yes yeah and and that one I thought was interesting because there's this whole thing it's kind of a like this whole movie is built around all these different like important events and locations that happen they're kind of like set pieces throughout the movie and so like the first big one I think is the battle between the three big masters and then the next one is like the the cave where he gets the holy flame of the martial world and where the letters are and all that and then there's the um uh you know the uh what's her name um I forget her character's name oh Chuan Er the uh the girl who, who's the daughter of the of the snake handler that he meets as he's passing through and then on his way back she gets kidnapped Ow. and he has to rescue her and they go uh -huh. to the, and then they go and face the vampiric cult and and there's that guy in the they're they're basically trying to raise up a dead corpse um but he's from the corpse is from the west and they kind of mention that in passing um and he's speaking english the whole time and so that's kind of noticeable because you, you, you it's sort of like when you're watching a movie like this and people start speaking english you're you kind of do a double take because you're it sort of throws you off you think oh wait am i do i just understand it so well that i like like i've been watching so many of these that i'm now just like hearing what he's saying or in um, my version it didn't it didn't do that oh really that's interesting in my, in my version I had the subtitles on, but I didn't understand anything that the corpse was saying. So I was figuring it was in Mandarin. Maybe so. I, I'm, I think I had the Cantonese on. So maybe that's why in mine, he was speaking English. He was like, I'm going to kill you. And, and it was with the subtitles on. So everything else was in, you know, the original language, but right. it was that that's interesting. Um, but I just, again yeah because they mentioned he's from the west and so yes and i didn't understand that subtitle because they the one um the one guy says um what did he say and the other guy says i don't know he's he's from the west speaking of a uh, foreign language in my subtitle and i'm like but I didn't understand a word he says. So what Western language is he speaking? <laughs> oh, okay. And it could be too. Like, um, I mean, he, he isn't speaking very clearly as well. So I, I don't know if it was that, but I think it might be different on the different track. Like maybe the Mandarin and the Cantonese track are different. Do you have the Dragon Dynasty or no Swordmaster version of the movie? Or did you no, have a... actually someone sent me the file? Oh, okay. So yeah, you probably had. So so maybe that's it. I I wonder if um. Hmm, I wonder what it's supposed to be then. That's interesting. I wonder if mine was what it was supposed to be, if yours is what it's supposed to be, or I don't know because my audio track is um, has Chinese on, and then my subtitles has the English on. So I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, and maybe he was speaking English, and I just didn't catch it. Okay, that that would be interesting to find out. I think. I mean, it's it's probably that it was just different on your end, but. I, I didn't realize that there were, you know, um, maybe a different version or something. Um, cause I mean, I have encountered that too with these movies. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that that, uh, that whole sequence was just, that was sort of when you realize like, okay, like anything in this movie. This is, is way over the top because yeah. when I was cracking up, when the leader of the, um, blood sucking clan threw these drawings out of the, um, onto the floor and his evil henchmen popped up out of it. And then, you know, they're fighting and there are four of them and they're fighting with our, our male heroes. And then two of them get killed. <laughs> and then the other two, they decide they didn't want any more part of it. So they just hop right back into their painting. And yeah, that was cool. That was a very sort of you and, and you don't. And the thing is, if like, you know, if you've been watching like, you know, 70s Shaw brothers, and then you suddenly see this movie like that never, that stuff never happens. Like that's like, you know, at least not for like a wuxia movie. Um, right. So it's like, just so, so there was, 
I think he did a movie called The Bastard Swordsman that was kind of similar in tone, but I think it might have come. I don't know if it was after this or not, but uh, but yeah, that Norman Chu. Um, I can't remember Bastard Swordsman with Norman Chu. Uh, let me look it up. I can't. I can't quite remember uh, who the main act. Yeah, Norman Chu was in it. Norman Chu. Um, that's the one with the. I think they had like some kind of weird silkworm technique, and the guy yes. like is very weird. It's 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 just as weird in this, as this one in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I, but this this really is uh, the kind of movie that I think it's surprising. Even if you're even if you're a fan of these sort of films and you ha- you know you, if you haven't seen this movie yet, it's a very sort of oh I it's just a very curious curious movie, um, but yeah that that scene with is is kind of where I think you really sort of see I mean I guess you get a sense of it like in that scene before the waterfall when the ghosts come you you know and the ghosts kind of look like these little shoddy paintings on the uh, like they just kind of rotoscope them onto the onto the film but uh with with that you sort of realize like oh things are they're just kind of trying all kinds of stuff here and uh and 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 expect it to get any weirder after that i was figuring okay so they have these little two ghost things and then he goes into the cave and you know there's got to be some weird way to get the holy flame and then the letters pop up and everything i wasn't expecting it to get any weirder (laughs) Yeah. So when, when the two monster, when the monsters pop out of the paintings at the blood sucking clan and stuff, I was like, okay, this movie is just way over the top. Yeah, they it definitely. Yeah, I would. Yeah, because 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 I I think when I first saw this movie too, I was like, okay, like uh, attacking letter formations. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat that. And then, like you said, like the very next big scene is you know these guys coming out of paper scrolls, a corpse coming back from the dead, and just all kinds of wackiness. Um, and even just the Kung Fu techniques in this were, you know, really crazy. Like, um, when monster you through the ream of fabric, I mean, I've seen stuff like this before, but the way it was done here, it was, you know, just really insane. Um, and, and that, and that scene that we mentioned before where they're cultivating that new evil technique together in the basins, the way it's shot, like we get these close ups of their faces and, and Jason Paipiao's expression is just priceless. Right. Um, but uh, it, it's and not... it's like, what are they doing until they, you know, they fl- pull the camera back and you see that they're in basins? Because you could take another connotation with their faces. Yeah, because you think, oh, maybe they're like doing something sexual or something. And exactly. Except, but he's making these real like comedic, it's like sexual, but like he's he's having a lot of fun with the faces that he's making. Yeah. So it's, it's very comedic too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of comedic elements to the movie. And, and with that scene, you really see, I, I think that's like a scene where you see it really done well, because it's sort of like, it really, you're kind of confused for a few moments when the scene first opens up. And then, and then the student pulls out that manual and start, you know, starts instructing it's them. Huge. On... <laughs> it's not just like a little book. It's like, countertop huge you know yeah it's yeah it's like really everything about that that scene just feels off completely it just doesn't it it doesn't align with reality and and so yeah so so scenes like that um and you know just the like you said the scroll scene this is a movie that is just i i call it gonzo i think it's a gonzo film um i would say so too yeah, and and it definitely and like I said, if people and a lot of people do go to wuxia or kung fu for something more grounded, and if and and this doesn't, this is not that. So I always try to to accurately sell it to people when I'm suggesting it. Um, but yeah, I thought that the uh, um, what was it the that the this the the overall feel of this movie it just for me what it was it's just it's just. I feel like everybody that's participating in making this movie is enjoying themselves thoroughly. And it's kind of, for me, contagious and, and it doesn't take itself so seriously. So it can just, it's free to do a lot of different things. Even the scene with, um, with the, the snake handler and his daughter, uh, the Chuan character. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a very comedic scene. The father is, is kind of a nincompoop and, 
and you know, I think he, I think half the scene he's got flour or flour on his head. Yeah. yeah, he's got some kind of powder all over his face, and but it's only it's only on like the outer edges of his face. Um, and then even when he's giving his death, you know, the father gets attacked by the by the by the the blood sucking cult, and he uh, um, and he gives a big speech asking the the hero to take care of his daughter. But even then, he's kind of making these ridiculous faces while he's doing it. Um, and and that and the, and and all of his interactions with his daughter are kind of that way too. He's sort of just you know, it's very comic relief oriented. Um, yes, very, very playful between the two of them. And uh, and and again, I thought Philip Kwok as the um, as the good master was was great in this. Uh, you know, that's um, the the thing that really kills it for me is the laugh, the ghostly laugh technique. Uh huh. And uh, and I think that pairs so well with the reverse crank, where it's uh, you know just this ridiculous laughter that's like you know shot a little bit too fast, and so uh-huh. it just ends up looking really great. And the whole idea behind the technique is you can like rupture people's internal organs with it and stuff. And uh, and the reason why that the the evil uh, the evil masters learn that technique together is so that they can help protect themselves against his ghostly laugh. So. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's all, re- it's all re- related to the plot, but, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie to me. This is like, uh, but, but, but I enjoy it because it's so insane. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have anything else that I can add to it. I've, I've, I've already reviewed the movie before. Um, okay. I've reviewed it. I think I reviewed it in print and on the video. Um, but, uh, it's, it's one that I like to go back to a lot. Because uh, I don't feel like a lot of people know about it. I feel like it still doesn't quite get the. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe now it's starting to get a little more known, but it, it's a it's a it's a lesser known movie, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a hidden gem. It's for someone who definitely wants to have a good time and laugh. If you're looking for something serious, this isn't the film. But I enjoyed it. Um, there were so many little comedic scenes, like you said. Like one of my favorites was when um, they the snake handler's daughter gets bit by a snake, which I still don't understand that. But oh, we can talk about that. Cause I, yeah, I, 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 we should get into that. But go go ahead, go ahead. She puts her finger. Um, well, they're battling snake boy and i guess it's her favorite snake that gets sliced in half and they wanted um the snake handler's daughter obviously knows a lot about snakes so she goes to try to get the snake that was killed and because it's probably worth a lot of money is what i'm getting from the subtitles that uh the snake bladder was um going to be worth a lot of money and so she sticks her finger in it to do something with it and it kind of bites her or gets stuck on her finger and she gets a little poisoned but it creates for her a magic finger but then they go into this inn with one of the um ersec girls takes them to find a doctor and they go into the inn and the leader finds out and so they have this um fight there and so uh, our male hero's techniques aren't working his martial skills so he thinks he's going to try the ghostly laughter for, of his master and it's working he's doing very well but then he he goes out of power and starts coughing so the um, snake handler's daughter says I'll I'll do it for you and sits down and it's nowhere near anything mm. <laughs> and so it was kind of I thought it was funny and then he tries to laugh again and then just his expression when he realizes he can't do it anymore and he puts his hand over his, his mouth was like, oops, yeah. yeah, this isn't working. And then she uses the finger thing. That's, that's when she realizes she has the ability, Power right? Finger. Because she tries to push the the, um, the chief of Urme, uh away and it just like destroys her almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, that's it. So, so I guess with this movie, one of the things I've always wondered about, and, and my knowledge of some of the source material in some of these films might just not be up to... To answering this but it, there may be a novel or a, a a book of some kind that i'm not aware of that this was based on but to me what it looks like is it looks like they took a lot of different elements of the condor heroes trilogy like all the stuff from brave archer and 
uh, Return of Condor Heroes and um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Heaven Sword Dragon Saber and and kind of mixed them up in really weird ways. So when she gets when she sort of puts her finger in the snake and it's almost like I feel like the the spine of the snake transmitted it to her or maybe she hit that gallbladder she was talking I don't know what happened but um but it reminded me of the of the scene in in um uh Legend of Condor Heroes when the main character drinks from this this cultivated snake and he like drinks its blood and he acquires right. he, some of its um, yeah he acquires some of its powers and because there were so many other like vague similarities and again maybe there's like actually a whole different book that this is just based on and I'm missing the point but I thought maybe oh maybe it was kind of like an allusion to that but also the Philip Quack character mentioned that it's like a one in a million thing right like he said oh this right. is like a very rare thing you were bit by the snake and you have acquired this great internal power so I think maybe what it's supposed to be is that she had some kind of natural predisposition towards cultivating the internal energy and it had never been tapped and then when she got bit, maybe because she's the snake handler's daughter and she's got some special affinity for snakes and she has this, uh, you know, this unknown uh, uh, aptitude for internal kung fu, that that's why all that happened. But I don't know. It was it was a little bit like a magic button the way that they did it in the movie because she goes right. from being really like a character that has nothing to do with the martial arts, no... No visible skill. She, she. I mean, she's pretty much. I mean, she's she's presented as helpless up till then because uh, he has to rescue her when her her and her what? father attack, and then he has to rescue her when she's kidnapped. Um, but then she becomes this really important martial hero in the in the movie, um, and and it's all it all turns on her trying to pick up this dead snake and take its right. uh its gallbladder out or something. So I, it's it's a very. I don't know that there is a real good rational explanation for that. But I, I've thought about that a lot because it's a very unusual development in the movie. Um, but I don't know. What did you think about that transition of her character? Because that really is a big change. It was a it was a drastic leap. I thought it was good because they needed they needed another another element to be able to fight. Monster you and uh, what's her name? Shing. Oh, um, Chief J uh, Jing Yin, I think. Okay. Um, let me just look uh, it up. They, we're going to need some kind of other element to um, to hold those two off, or to so that the the two children could avenge their parents. I mean, they weren't going to be able to do it separately, obviously from the building of the movie. So each character needed to have something, even with the sister turning from her sect and siding with her brother, the sister wasn't as good as the, the clan leader, obviously. So there was going to have to be something to help the turning point to sway. And I think that was a good way to do it because you don't ever know if Monster U's protege is going to, to turn. Is he, he had, I think, a delicate line to walk with that he had to remain loyal to his, um, to his master, but he also developed a friendship with the other male character. And it seemed he was taking a liking to... Um, the sister in the whole process. So he had to kind of stay neutral, but you knew he had to turn somewhere. He was either going to have to fight against his master or fight with the master at the end. Yeah. And that's actually, you know, I, I kind of left him out of my recap, but he is an important character. The, um, I think his name was Tuan Yuan San, the, um, the, the, the disciple of, of monster you, uh, he he's an interesting guy because he is like a good character. Like he seems to have like a good heart and be good natured, but he, he but he's a disciple of like a really terrible person, and right. and so that was I thought that was pretty interesting, um, and and I guess another thing I was thinking about too was now that you brought up the disco thing, 
the hair in this movie has always struck me as unusual and that kind of is maybe the missing piece like the the <laughs> hairstyles in this now that i'm thinking about they are very disco um yeah they don't usually in these wuxia movies everybody has like the top knot or some kind of some hairstyle that looks very historical right uh and these look like very sort of 1979 uh you know you know sort of like uh dance dance club hairdo it's not a um it's not a uh it's not what you would um the feathery bangs the girls had feathery bangs from the sect um and they had the little hats cocked to the side that kind of reminded me of like late 70s early 80s disco-ish <laughs> and even their clothes kind of even though they were kind of tailored in the style of um an ancient time for me i don't know if it was the color schemes or just all the other nuances that made it feel kind of disco-y to me like even the um male lead um his jade necklace that he wore was kind of big almost like medallion like to me okay okay and so that kind of like put it in a more disco-ish kind of way but it was just weird the way to me that those nuances kind of set off the movie even though it was supposed to be set in the ancient times that it was it had that 80-ish disco-ish kind of feel to it no i think you're right because i mean they were uh period style clothing but you can sort of do like all the little flourishes on the outfits and the the colors and the tones can can sort of go against that as well do you know what i mean and even like the um uh oh what was her character's name the uh uh tan fung character the uh i think the daughter the the the, the daughter who became right. the, the disciple um she had her hairstyle i think out of all of them was the one that looked most sort of like that does not look like a typical wuxia style hairdo because she yeah, had like i don't know what it's called but she, bangs with the cocked little cocked hat on the side but at one point too, she had like the whole. It was like all bunched up into like a. I don't know what you would call it, but just like a mass of curls. Um, and and it just it just seemed very unusual to me. Uh, I mean, I liked it because it was like, oh, this is very distinct from other films I've seen. Um, but uh, but it definitely kind of stands out. I'm actually I'm I'm tracking down images now, and I'm looking at the disc. Uh, the thing on the sword looks exactly like a disco ball. Like I got a, I got a close up shot of it and you're, ah. you're right. It's, it's, it looks a lot like a disco ball. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the whole, the whole movie just sort of has that. I don't know. I mean, this is a, it's, it's a very weird film. I think by, you know, I've seen a lot of unusual movies and I think I've maybe seen one other, uh, film in this kind of a genre that even, you know, that, that maybe exceeds this in its strangeness. Uh, but the difference is that one was pretty terrible. And this one is actually, I think, still quite a good movie. Um, but yeah, that's a, uh, th that's pretty interesting about the, the, the outfits because I, you, 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 I remember the first time I watched it, I was just sort of feeling like something doesn't feel right. <laughs> something feels like, like, I don't know what it is, but I can't put my finger on it, but something about this is, is out of period or something. Um, right. Just the, the, the clan leaders, their clothing seemed to be even more traditional than their um, than their followers. Yeah, I would say you're. I, I think you're right. I think you're right on that too. Because because all the all of the leaders of all the major martial clans, they all looked pretty much kind of like you would expect in a in a wuxia movie. They all had like the the uniform of their respective sect, mm -hmm. and. Uh, like, I mean, you know, like, like the, the Erme leader, she had, she has like the, um, the fly whisk and, you know, like all the other, all the other, uh, you know, regalia and the, you know, the Shaolin Abbot looks like a Shaolin Abbot. And I think they had Wu Dang and all them and they all kind of look like you expect them. Um, but yeah, it's really with the students that you see the, the students. And I guess to a certain, like the, one of the things that I found a little bit unusual was the, um, the, the chief of Erme, 
she she looks like she's got like stark white hair and all this, but her features mm-hmm. still look pretty young. Um, and so I was not really sure is she's like how old her character is supposed to be in this movie. Right. Um, and that was a little bit difficult to determine. Um, so that was also kind of something that sort of kind of stood out a little bit for me. Um, but yeah, I think mostly with the, with the students is, is, uh, is where you saw sort of the, the big leaps in terms of fashion and, uh, just not quite seeming like a, a standard, uh, wuxia, uh, sort of, uh, costuming, but, but yeah. And, and overall, just the colors of this movie in general, I really liked the, there's just a lot of, so I, I, I don't know, I'm not a color person, so I'm not really very good at, 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 talking about colors but there's it seemed like there's a lot of a lot of reds blues yellows greens and 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 metallics going on in this movie yeah definitely Uh, and Um, so oh go ahead i'm sorry i think uh this golden snake boy was the one that had the darkest costume of being all black but everyone else's costumes were really vibrant in color yeah, I think you're right because I remember noticing that last night when I was rewatching it, and I think I I I sort of thought, oh, well, maybe that's part of the whole thing that we were talking about, where you know, if she's supposed to be a male character, maybe it was darker to kind of give that, you know, to to sort of really hammer that home. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think she was one of the only characters that really had dark clothing on. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a very very out there movie. Um, I definitely recommend it to people, but I do think um, uh, if if you don't like wire work, if you don't like the reverse crank work, if you don't like a lot of magic in your in your martial arts movies, it, it might be a tough sell for you. But I think in t- on the on the spectrum of movies that are in that subgenre, this is one of the better ones. I think. Um, you know, it's def- there was another movie, I think it was called Voyage of the Doomed or Journey of the Doomed. I can't quite remember. Um, that was equally odd, but it wasn't quite as successful, I thought, as this one. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any closing thoughts on this one? I think if someone watches it, they need to give it a second watching because after the first watching, I didn't, I didn't think I really liked it because of the magic elements in it that were so to me far-fetched but and then I didn't think that there was a lot of actual martial arts and hand-to-hand and weapon combat so when I watched it the second time because the magic I guess stood out to me as being so weird the first time so I watched it again and I realized that there was just as much of the regular martial arts action that I like compared to the magic, but the magic fits in. So you definitely have to, I think, give it two watches before you decide if you like it or not. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would definitely, um, I, w- I would definitely agree with that because I, I had a sort of, I mean, I liked it the first time I watched it, but like I said, I was kind of almost actively deciding early on. Cause I was like, Oh, this is really weird. And, and I feel like, my, you know, when I first watched it, I liked it. But then every time after that, I, it's like, it's just gone up and up and up every time I've seen it. Um, so now when I watch it, you know, it's, 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 it's one, it's, it's like one of, it's easily in my top five. Um, and I don't know that it would have been the first time I watched it. Uh, so I think it, I think it benefits from repeat viewing because you notice things about it, uh, that, that might be, you know, like you said, like the magic kind of, you know, might distract you from. Um, so, so, all right. So we've already been at this for like, uh, almost an hour. So I'm going to end it here, but, uh, we'll, we'll be back on, um, uh, we're going to have to talk after the episode about what movie we're going to do next. So I'll let you, I'll let you guys know, uh, when we make a decision, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, this is, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie and, uh, uh, I highly recommend it. So we will be back on hopefully next week. And until then, we'll